Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Desi and this is the Ace in the Wild podcast. It has been a hot minute since my last episode and that is due for a variety of reasons. June was absolutely crazy with work. I have never been that busy in my life. I think I had had three jobs to finish in less than a month. It was chaos and on top of that I was planning for a trip to Europe. Once I had finished my work at the end of June, I had less than a week to get all my ducks in a row for my trip. I have never been to Europe before. I haven't even been outside the country in probably 15 years. So that was a whole ordeal. I got back about two weeks ago, and I had a bunch of stuff to deal with when I got back. And now I am finally getting around to my podcast. Hopefully, as time moves forward, I will be able to go back to my two to three week break or month break or whatever and keep producing I know I have a cohort of a few loyal listeners, so thank you all for your patience. I've been thinking about doing today's episode for a while now, and I really, really wanted to make sure I did my homework. I don't know if I did it justice, but we'll see by the end of it. This is one of those episodes where if people are listening, I would really appreciate feedback. What really tipped me in the direction of doing this episode next was a discussion I had with two of my friends when I was in Europe, and the discussion revolved around demisexual people, and that is the topic of today, is demisexual. And the reason why I was so motivated to do it is one of them, who's a good friend of mine for a while now, and I love her to pieces, essentially was like, well, is there really a difference between being demisexual or simply just waiting for the right person? Or being conservative, picky, etc., etc. I feel like I'm kind of a demisexual, but I'm not because I'm sexually attracted to people, etc., etc. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's more or less what had happened. And of course, me being on the ace spectrum and me always wanting to stand up for fellow aces was like, no, that's not it at all. But I found myself partly because I had had like two beers at that time and I wasn't necessarily as articulate as I wanted to be, I found myself floundering a little bit because I don't identify as demisexual. I identify as asexual. And I had some issues like trying to process what it was in exact terms. I have a general idea of what demisexuals are. I've interacted with demisexuals. So I have a very tertiary understanding of it, but I was not as educated as I would like to be. And that's why I decided to this this episode. And I do want to point out before I really get into the nitty-gritty that this is a term coined in 2006 to 2008. I've heard sources that say it's either 2006 or 2008, so it's less than two decades old, which for orientations and everything else is a fairly new term and a fairly new concept. It generally means halfway between allosexual, which is someone with a normal libido, sex drive, desire for sexual intimacy, and asexual, which is other side of the spectrum where sex is essentially repulsive and it's always going to be repulsive and there's just no desire to have sex unless certain criteria are met. So demisexual is pretty much in the middle of that. And I think it's really important to start with definitions. I ended up (laughs) writing like almost a full page of definitions and I took them from sources directly. I will identify the sources following the definition section, but I thought it was really important to start with each individual definition because each one is actually really good and nuanced in their own way. And I think it'll really set the stage for future discussion. 
So the first definition is demisexual is a term that is used to describe those who do not experience sexual attraction to others unless they form a strong emotional bond with someone first. Demisexual people may still experience romantic attraction, but until a deep connection is formed, there is no sexual attraction involved. They may have little to no interest in sex and may only experience sexual attraction rarely. But this is not the case with all demisexuals. Demisexuality is included on the asexual spectrum, but demisexual people can be gay, straight, bisexual, or any other orientation in addition to being demisexual. Although demisexuality is on the asexual spectrum, it is different from asexuality itself. Asexual people do not experience sexual attraction regardless of how close they are with someone, whereas demisexual people can and do experience sexual attraction, but only after a close bond is formed with another person. And I just want to point out a part of this definition which I think is very important. Until a deep connection is formed, there is no sexual attraction involved. I'm going to reiterate this in the future, so please bear with me but it's very important. Demisexuality is not a preference. It is a state of mind. It is its own entity. It is an orientation. The second definition states, Demisexuality, which falls on the asexual spectrum, differs simply from wanting to wait for a deep bond to form before having sex with someone. Rather, it's more akin to the experience of being asexual until that type of connection form, at which point the sexual attraction extends only to that person. For allosexuals, on the other hand, people who are not on the asexual spectrum, waiting to have sex until a deep connection is more of a preference and less of a necessity to developing sexual desire. There is also a misconception that demisexual people are just normal. This discourse stems from the belief that demisexuality is simply wanting to get close to someone before having sex with them. This is untrue because demisexual people aren't just holding out from having sex with people, they feel no desire until they are close to that person. An allosexual person wanting to build a relationship with someone before having sex with them would be more of a preference rather than a sexuality. For instance, an allosexual person may see a man that they've never met before and find him sexually attractive, whereas a demisexual person wouldn't until they've built a platonic relationship with him, or romantic relationship with him. Just want to re-emphasize that sexual desire attraction does not exist. Essentially, you can consider the person who is demisexual to be asexual until a platonic or romantic relationship is formed. And mind you, this is only one person. It's also true that when a demisexual person falls out of a relationship or the relationship ends, they cease to have sexual desire for the person who are there in a relationship with. And I can relate to this personally. And before I go further into this, I do want to talk about sources. One is the lgbtqiafandom.com. It's where I used for some of the definitions above. I also looked at WebMD, but they have similar definitions. The definitions for uh, demisexuality differ, but the concept is fairly universal. The other is readunwritten.com. The article is called The Only Facts You Need to Know About Asexuality Versus Demisexuality. And this article does a really good job at separating asexuality and demisexuality and also talking about the common themes. A third source is bbc.com. 
The article is called Why Demisexuality is as Real as Any Sexual Orientation. Another source I got from Healthline.com, and this one is called The Types of Attraction. And I will talk about this later. It talks about the four types of attraction. And I've really emphasized the types of attraction when I try to explain asexuality to people. So I think this will be really helpful. Another really good source that I used extensively was from a YouTuber by the name of Savon Pearson. Please go check their videos out. They probably have 20 or 30 separate videos talking about being a lesbian and also being demisexual and their journey. It is very good. There's a lot of content. I enjoyed it very much, so please go check them out. And finally, the last source is TheDemisexual.com. This is the all-in-one stop for anything demisexual. It is a site specifically designed by demisexuals for demisexuals. Now that we've got all that out of the way, I really kind of want to start with the general traits of demisexuals. Demisexuals are unable to experience sexual arousal until there is an emotional or platonic connection. Sexual attraction does not exist at first contact with another person. It only develops once a connection is formed. Cuddling and physical touch can occur early on, but do not lead to sexual touch. For somebody who is dating a demisexual, this is where some of the conflict may occur. An allosexual person might see cuddling, holding hands, even kissing to a lesser extent as sort of a lead-up to sexual touch and, I guess, moving down the bases. And if this happens, a demisexual person will be like, quickly be like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Or if they don't understand the orientation, might just kind of go along with it, but not be into it. When casual encounters come up, it's generally passive for the demisexual person and uncomfortable. There is often consent from the demisexual person, but it's more of a passive thing like, okay, you're into this, I guess I'll go along with it, when is dinner ready? I've, what I've heard from demisexuals is, is when the sexual stuff starts and they're not into it, they think about other things while it's happening because they're not into it. Like, oh, when is my appointment tomorrow? When am I going to make dinner, etc. And this is essentially a selfless act. And this is something that people who are not familiar with their identity or still coming around to it are just like, okay, well, this is what society expects of me. I'll go along with this casual encounter. A lot of demisexuals have had casual encounters, but they don't know how to basically stop it or they don't feel comfortable trying to stop it because they don't want to upset the other person. If things progress really fast, it's not uncommon for the demisexual person to have like a bodily reaction. Uh, Savon Pearson mentioned that they actually vomited one time when they were in a sexual encounter that escalated quickly and they had to go and throw up because literally their body was rejecting, their own body was rejecting this encounter and being like, this isn't right, I'm not comfortable with this. It's interesting. I want to emphasize the point that demis seek friends first and the relationship comes after. There isn't a really quick way of doing this. The only exception that I could think of anecdotally is maybe a lesbian relationship because lesbians tend to go out on these super long dates when they first meet each other. The brief time that I dated a lesbian, we went out like on an eight-hour date or might have even been longer, which is like the equivalent of... <laughs> I don't know, six or seven normal dates all in one. So they're the only exception that I could think of off the top of my head. 
Demisexuals are often called teases because they can engage in romantic activities such as cuddling, holding cans, and even kissing, but quickly lose interest or lose momentum when sexual touching is initiated. As a plain vanilla ace, as I like to call myself, this is very relatable. In my relationships, I am a, I'm a very physical touch-oriented person, and I don't consider cuddling, I don't consider holding hands, and even kissing. Like, I don't consider kissing sexual. I consider kissing a form of romantic attraction, or whatever you want to call it. I enjoy the intimacy. It's not sexual for me, and it's a form of physical touch for me. It is not sexual. But for somebody who is wired on the allosexual spectrum, or the normal, or whatever you want to call it, this is like, oh, we're kissing, we're making out, we're locking tongues, or tongue dancing, or whatever you want to call it. I'm getting turned on. Let's escalate. And the demisexual person will be like, uh, no, I'm not feeling this. And the person will be like, well, what the heck? We just made out. Like, what's going on? Demisexuals can often go without sex for years or extended period of time and not really crave it. This is very similar to asexuality. I like to think of demisexuals or asexual until they're not. <laughs> I guess that's the best way I can describe it. They are really kind of in between when I think about it more and more. Because it's like a, a switch flips and then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, I'm into the sex thing now. Or I'm attracted to this person. Speaking of which, demisexuals are generally attracted to personality traits and intellect. Some of them identify as sapiosexual versus physical traits. Physical attraction comes later, which I call ace magic. And ace magic is where you meet somebody, you get along with them really well, you build a friendship, you build the frameworks of a relationship, and all of a sudden, after you enjoy the company, after you go on several to several dates or spend an extended period of time together and really become friends and really learn to love each other's company there's something called ace magic that happens one of the best definitions of this ace magic that i can think of off the top of my head is from a twitch streamer and she said that you kind of see everybody in blurred vision but the person who is the focus of your attention really comes into view finally and you see them for their beauty their character and this person no matter really what they look like becomes the most beautiful person in the world to you and you become immensely attracted to them and this is where the romance and the connection for a demisexual that switch flips and they become sexually attracted to this person but it's only after the ace magic this person becomes more and more beautiful as you get to know them and eventually becomes the apple of your eye and I do want to point out that if the relationship ends, most of the time that person is no longer the apple of your eye and there is no rebound, the spark is lost, the fire is out, and they kind of fall back into the fold of the other people of being kind of like a blurry picture, whatever you want to say it. Because demisexuality is a spectrum, I do want to talk about some of the nuances and some of the predicaments that demisexuals find themselves in. When a casual encounter comes up, and I mentioned this earlier, the main thought that goes through a demisexual's head is, I don't know you, this is uncomfortable. 
somebody who is more comfortable or familiar with their identity might stop the encounter at this point and say it, or another demisexual who is more insecure or passive might go along with it just because they think that that's what's ex expected of them. And this is can be very traumatic for them. Even though they're like consenting to the encounter, they're not comfortable. And this is where some of the onus needs to go on the person pursuing the sexual act, is to see whether the other person is into this. Even though they consent, they might not be comfortable. For a demisexual, coming out might be extremely frustrating for a variety of reasons that I will touch on a little bit later. I will point out the discussion that I had with my friend is that she felt that demisexual orientation was normal. That, oh, you're just waiting for the right person. I wait for the right person. I'm very selective about my partners. I don't pursue sex immediately. I must be demisexual or demisexuality must not really be a thing. And I'm not saying that she directly said that, but it was kind of the implication. And I've heard that a lot from people that I've met and talked to. Also, a demisexuality coming out of a relationship who has been sexually active and had that switch flip and really enjoyed sex or whatever might be confused and might want to rebound or think they want to rebound, especially if they're still exploring themselves and have some questions. This is kind of an imposter syndrome sort of thing that aces have where it's like, oh, well, I had sex, so thus I'm not asexual or I'm not demisexual because I'm... For a demisexual, it's even more so because I had sex and I enjoyed it. And how can I be on the asexual spectrum? I do want to talk a little bit about coming out as demisexual. I think that there are a lot of similarities to asexuals coming out. And with asexuals, I think that it's particularly hard for gay men to come out as demisexual. Gay men are often expected to be sexually aggressive, be pursuant towards sex, and have sexual encounters. This is well documented and supported by the gay men that I've talked to, the dates that I've gone on, etc. And it can be very difficult for a gay man to find someone that they like and be in one of those casual situations that tend to occur more often where the other person is pursuing sex and the gay man is like, hey, I'm not into this, what are we doing? And this can lead to some very awkward situations and it can be very traumatic. So I do want to point out that subgroup because it is very hard for them. I will also point out that gay men are less inclined to pursue a long-term relationship versus a, a short-term sexual encounter. Now, in terms of lesbians, I actually had a eureka moment because from what I've experienced, lesbians tend to be more into emotional connection, and I assumed that lesbians actually have less casual sex and are more willing to build relationships. There is a lot of nuance to this, but it actually turns out that lesbians have casual sex at a rate that is fairly similar to the rest of the subgroups. I think that my initial assumption was largely anecdotal and also probably due to the stereotype that women are just more likely to wait and look for the right partner and be more chaste, which don't really apply and aren't true. So I learned my lesson there. 
to kind of switch gears, I want to talk about the types of attraction because I think it's very important and I also want to reiterate a few things. Choosing to wait until you have sex, until a connection is formed, does not equate to demisexuality. The sexual component does not exist for demis, at least initially. An example would be an allosexual person meeting someone who they find sexually desirable but waiting to have sexual relationships until a bond is formed. A demisexual person does not have that sexual desire to begin with. It simply doesn't exist. The switch has not flipped. And from here I want to talk about the types of attraction. The first is emotional attraction slash platonic love which is the ability to want to be emotionally present with another person, friends, family, or your partner, whoever. The second type of attraction, and this is my attraction, is physical attraction, which is a desire to be around others, to be physically cared for and treated with love and affection. For me, this is like being with my BFF and getting a touch in the arm or the shoulder. It's not sexual at all. It's just, hey, I'm here and I'm present and that's really all it is. It's a matter of being present. This could also be classified as physical affection. The third type of attraction is aesthetic attraction, and this one is very important to point out. This is the ability to admire someone's appearance without the need or desire to have physical, sexual, or romantic contact with them. This is where I like to use the lamp analogy. Someone on the asexual spectrum can see another person and be like, wow, that is a very pretty person. In the same way, appreciating a lamp, a very ornate, expensive, beautiful, well-crafted lamp. Or for me, I like to use the analogy of flowers. A wonderful batch of flowers that smell and look beautiful or whatever, I can stop and appreciate and be like, those are very pretty flowers, but I have no desire to have sex or approach those flowers and ask for their number or whatever. They are simply beautiful and I am admiring them. Asexuals do not approach individuals solely based on aesthetic attraction. When I'm on dating apps, I see a lot of aesthetically beautiful people who I can appreciate and admire. But if they don't have anything on their bio or they post things that are very, like, sexual, I'm not really interested and I swipe left. The fourth and probably one of the most important types of attraction is romantic attraction. And this is defined as attraction that makes people desire romantic contact with another person or person. This is very different from platonic and emotional connection. This is primarily reserved for people that you are romantically interested in. This can occur relatively early in a dating relationship, even for an asexual person. This is where kissing really comes in hand, and cuddling in a lot of ways. As I said before, I'm a very physical, touch-orientated person, and when a romantic connection starts to form, I really enjoy kissing, primarily because the other person enjoys it so much. I really feel it's a way of expressing my affection. For me, kissing, cuddling, holding hands are a way for me to form a bond with somebody and to establish that sort of physical attraction sort of thing. It's kind of a combination. And last but not least is sexual attraction. And that is defined as attraction that makes people desire sexual contact or shows sexual interest in another person slash persons. For somebody who is allosexual, sexual attraction is 
in a lot of cases, why they approach each other. I find this person sexually attractive. On dating apps like Grindr or Tinder, allosexual people post pictures of themselves and engage in a lot of sexy talk fairly early on. This is quite common. On apps like Bumble, they put in the bio looking for something casual or kink or whatever. It's quite easy to spot the um, people who are interested in having sexual encounters and are sexually active. For a demisexual or an asexual person, there might be a combination of all four, either emotional, physical, aesthetic, or romantic, or just one or two or three, but sexual attraction does not exist from the start. For an asexual person, sexual attraction never exists or can never exist. As an asexual person, even if I fall in love or get to know a person, the concept of having sex will never be appealing. For a demisexual person, once the switch flips and they have the ace magic happen to them, then it's just like, oh my gosh, I love you, I want to make you happy, I really enjoy this sex thing, and they more or less kind of morph into somebody who is sexually active with their partner, and it's hard to distinguish at that point once that switch flips. For the person that I listen to on YouTube, like once they found their partner and had the switch flip, they had amazing sex, and sex with that person is super insanely awesome, essentially. I'm trying to think of terms for sex that, like, <laughs> it's hard for me to wrap my head around, because, like, that's where I differ from a demisexual. Sex is never going to be insanely awesome. Pleasing my partner is insanely awesome, but sex itself, it's like, okay, well, it feels good, and that's about it. As one might expect, there is a bit of controversy when it comes to demisexuals. Like asexuals, there are a lot of people who simply don't think that demisexuals exist. They think they're just making it up, and I have a list of reasons for it, but this is where, this was the motivation for me bringing this whole topic up, right, essentially, was to try to shed some light on the controversy and to <laughs> accurately represent the subgroup of asexuals known as demisexuals. And one of the biggest pushback that demisexuals have is people just saying, oh, well, you're just picky. You're just waiting for the right person. And I've mentioned this briefly earlier, but it's really an existential dread thing for demisexuals to have to constantly validate their existence. And some people, like my friend, are well-meaning in their questioning of this because they don't understand, but it really is frustrating for them when their own friends even are just like, hey, well, you're just waiting for the right person, good for you. Is that really an orientation in itself? I think that a part of the confusion and the you're just picky waiting for the right person sort of attitude comes from subgroups that see casual hookups in a different light. And just talking from personal anecdote, I thought that lesbians were the ones that were like, hey, this is, is this really a thing? Is this just normal? And it turns out that lesbians have plenty of casual sex. So I learned that and I ended up studying it. So I didn't know that was a thing because I just assumed that they're into the long game and taking things slow, but that's actually not terribly accurate. <laughs> it's anecdotal. 
Gay men, on the other hand, are known for for having casual sex. This is well known. This is well documented. So for someone in that group to come out as demisexual, I think it would make a lot more waves than some of the other subgroups. I do want to point out that culture and religion also appear to play a role here. There are religions, especially some of the Abrahamic religions, where casual sex is thought of as sinful, lustful. These religions encourage abstinence until marriage. I also want to point out that Mormons are very much this way, although uh, they have their own take on things. So let's just say that somebody is demisexual and religious or from a religious background, say Mormon, and they are inclined to not have sexual relationship until relation is formed. They don't have that level of sexual attraction, and they just assume that it's normal and they're following the principles of their religion. And it's easy from somebody in that group to look at them from the outside and say, oh, this person is just waiting until the right person comes along, that this is a choice when it's actually not. I also wanted to bring up the fact that casual sex is becoming less and less common, a study in 2008 estimated that between two-thirds and three-quarters of college students engaged in casual sex in their stay at college. Additionally, one-eighth of this group had casual sex during the spring vacation, which doesn't seem like a lot, but this is a short period of time in one semester. So it is a sizable chunk of people back then engaged in casual sex during spring break. However, since then, the rate of casual sex has been steadily decreasing. A study conducted in 2021 by researchers at Rutgers University and the University of Albany, quote-unquote, found that between 2007 and 2017, the percentage of 18 to 23-year-old men who had casual sex in the past month dropped from 38% to 24%. For women of that same cohort, the percentage dropped from 31% to 22%. This recent paradigm shift really doesn't help the demisexual case either. If fewer and fewer people are choosing to engage in casual sex and demisexuals don't engage in casual sex either, then I feel like the lines just get blurred more. Another cultural phenomenon that I want to talk about actually occurs in literature, and it is called compulsory demisexuality. And this is a common trope where females in a romance novels don't have any romantic interest in the male lead, but over the course of time, they end up sexually attracted to the other person. It is meant to preserve the idea that feminine sexuality is where the woman does not express sexual desire until in a relationship. And I feel like this is really important because I've read a lot of books in my times, and I feel like this is such a common theme. A lot of times, the man will fall head over heels for the woman and just be obsessed. Or the male lead will just be a complete jerk. And then the woman just sort of comes along eventually. But it's it, it's very much like an enforced demisexuality on the woman's part where she's not interested. And then, of course, throughout time, she falls in love with the man or whoever. And the relationship goes on its merry way and they'll live happily ever after. It's a very outdated and antiquated trope. And again, it goes back to religion, puritanical values, and that women are supposed to be pure and chaste, and yada, 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 patriarchy. It's the idea that if a woman is promiscuous, there's something wrong with her, she's impure. If a woman has the gall to express her sexuality or desire, she's seen as like a strumpet or a harlot. It's just very antiquated, and I hate it. And of course, this antiquated trope bleeds into society at large and further enforces expectations for women and makes it unrealistic and idealistic view 
of sexuality for women. And unfortunately, this cuts both ways for demisexual women because people that are aware of these tropes and are repulsed by them or choose not to follow them or marching their own path, they come across a demisexual. And rather than assume that this is their orientation and this is how they are, they accuse them of being prudish, picky, and hard to get, and they get frustrated. This is very unfortunate, but the people that have listened on YouTube, this does happen, and I think this is the most sad of all the misunderstandings. Imagine meeting someone who is like quote-unquote woke, who doesn't believe in the gender stereotypes, and let's say you're a woman who is demisexual, and instead of supporting you and being like, oh, I get it, they're just like, you're a slave to the matrix, you're falling into the stereotypes, how can you be this way and let the patriarchy control you or whatever? At this point, I just want to reemphasize and point out that demisexuality is a spectrum. What may be true for one demisexual is not necessarily true for another. The people that I listened to on YouTube, they went to the demisexual sites, they saw the checklists, and a lot of them question because there are some things that apply to them and some that don't. So you can't assume that all demisexuals are the same. There are some demisexuals that might be closer to allosexual, that might take a shorter amount of time to get intimate and close to somebody and pursue sexual encounters. And there are some demisexuals that might be closer to the asexual where it takes a long time for them for that switch to flip. So it's, again, it's, I pointed this up before with asexuality, that this is all a spectrum and your results may vary. I think at this point I've addressed most of what I wanted to talk about and we can move on to the conclusions. Demisexuality is not just being picky. It is not a preference. Demisexuality requires emotional connection before sexual attraction can even occur even in its nascent forms. It's important to point out that asexuals and demisexuals can experience different types of attraction, just not sexual attraction. You can see somebody as pretty, you can want to touch, you can want to have romance with a person or whatever, but there is no sexual attraction to start. This is where demis and asexuals differ. Demisexuality is also not simply waiting for the right person to come along. People waiting for the right person who are picky can often say that it's the same as demisexuality or that demisexuality is normal. This is damaging and invalidates the demisexual experience. You might have good intentions when you're saying it, but it is not valid and is not the same. Again, demisexuality is not a preference. It is its own entity and orientation in itself. In terms of coming out, it appears that gay males have the hardest time. Like the rest of society, they are beholden to certain tropes. They are expected to be sexually aggressive and hyper-masculine a lot of times. And when they don't exhibit these traits, they have a lot of issues within their own community. Casual sex is fairly common in the gay community. And when a demisexual is looking for a relationship and keeps matching with people who want to have casual sex... It's not good for them. As someone who's tried to date men myself, I can relate. I tend to get a lot of matches with men, but when I think they actually read my profile instead of just swiping without looking, it's radio silence. 
in general and across the board, casual sex is becoming less and less common. Demisexualities are largely known for not engaging in casual sex, and when fewer people are engaging in casual sex, it tends to blur the lines. But again, it's not a choice. Casual sex could be extremely popular, but demisexuals still wouldn't engage. And at this point, I'm going to present a spicy take, because I wrote this down near the end of my outline. I think a lot of the criticism and scrutiny has to do with all the new labels being introduced, and many mass media consumers, especially the older generations and right-leaning people, just see this as another label people use to make themselves feel special. And this is coming from somebody who has boomer parents and has to interact with a lot of right-wing people thanks to living out in the country. And to them, it's all just a bunch of memes and they see our entire generation and our entire spectrum of asexuals and queer people as just a bunch of people that want recognition and to feel special. And that's all that we care about, evidently. This is very akin to the non-binary experience. I remember when the first YouTube videos came out talking about people that wanted to go to they-them pronouns, and this I think was eight or nine years ago, and even people on the left were giving them grief for it. We're just making up pronouns now, and for demisexual, it's, oh, we're just making up orientations right now. It's just the natural pushback from people that don't educate themselves and to want to make content and make fun of people for views. My second spicy take is scrutiny within the queer community itself. And this is the emergence of fake asexuals or people who use the label graysexual, asexual, demisexual because it's the new hip thing to do. There are people that use these labels in the dating scene to make themselves seem less intimidating. And just as a personal anecdote, my friend was dating somebody who identified as gray ace. And I made the mistake of defending this person when in all actuality they had absolutely no characteristics of being anywhere on the asexual spectrum. But I being, <laughs> I pride myself as being like the champion of aces and whenever I have a chance to defend somebody who's on the asexual spectrum, I jump on it. And not only did this person also end up being terrible and talking a bunch of crap behind my back for very little reason. People uh, pretend to be tolerant here in the Northwest, but you show any sign of neurodiversity or you make the wrong comment or ha have any sort of faux pas and they will backstab you and talk crap behind your back. But anyway, I digress. So I'm a little bit once bitten twice shy now with defending people that I'm not sure are on the spectrum or who I've just met. I really have to get to know somebody before I can confidently muster up a defense of why or why not they might be on the spectrum or not. And this is very tricky because being an asexual is being inclusive. We don't want to exclude people in any case because <laughs> we experience our own issues with exclusion within our community and with the queer community at large, so we try to be accepting. And when somebody's actually just posing as an asexual for whatever reason, it's extremely damaging to our community. And it also doesn't help if they're a terrible person on top of it. But the fake asexual argument and the paradigm of fake asexuals, people posing, warrants its own episode. And like I said, I have a special guest who might come on and we can share our experiences. 
At this point, I want to wrap up. I think I've covered all that I can cover for now. I might do a part two on this. If there are demisexuals, asexuals, or people on the spectrum who want to comment or add something, I would be extremely grateful for any feedback or input. My contact information is on my Podbean page. My email is desmond.sadai. Sadai is spelled S-E-D-A-I. I plan to upload more episodes more frequently now that I am home. And all that being said, have a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week, and I will see you on the next one. Peace and love.